Welcome back to Pathways to Resilience. I'm Melissa Santos from Community Solutions, and glad you're listening in again. I am joined today by Ruben Dario Villa, um, and we're talking today further about rethinking our basic needs. So moving beyond Maslow's hierarchy of just food, shelter, water, and today we're going to talk about connection, um, really through the lens of connection to culture and connection to community. Um, let me tell you a little bit about uh, Ruben, he's a first-generation Chicano graphic designer, brand strategist, artist, speaker, writer, and active community leader in the South Bay area of California, devoting 120% of his time to empower minority and women-owned businesses and nonprofits, and mentoring Latinx youth to break into Silicon Valley. A first-generation college graduate of Santa Clara University, Via snuck into tech, designing some of the world's most beloved apps and leading creative teams at both Apple and Google. And in true first-gen fashion, Via was concurrently running an international pulp culture-inspired car freshener side hustle, Fuchila Fresheners. Check out that website. They're really cool. Uh, Via recently opened his art studio in Gilroy, California as a multimedia artist, exploring the concept of Chicanostalgia and Chicano identity more broadly. He is also a Gilroy Arts and Culture Commissioner, an advisor on the city of San Jose's Public Art Advisory Committee, board member, community member. Um, we could go on and on about his wife being his best friend and his ridiculously cute kids, and I'm sure that will weave <laughs> somewhere into his story, but um, I want to get talking. So welcome. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you very much, Melissa. Thanks for having me and for just considering uh, me worthy of jumping on this podcast. So yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, well, I first came across you when you were leading um, the festival for Dia de los Muertos, um, the La Ofrenda Festival here in Gilroy and in the town that we both live in, um, and um, was just so blown away by what you were able to create and the number of community members you were able to bring together to celebrate um, not just that holiday, but just um, the Latinx culture um, in our community. So um, let's talk about that. I, when you first, when we met, we were, we were laughing that the first time we chatted, we could have recorded that and had an episode because it was such a good conversation. <laughs> um, but you, you described yourself as a curator of culture. What does that mean for you? Tell me about that. Uh, curator of culture. Uh, I believe that it, it, all the experiences that we um, have in life ha have been created for us by someone, mm. and uh, and that someone tends to be the lens. We all tend to um, experience that through primarily through the main driver of experiences, which uh, which in our case is capitalism so yeah. uh and so Aren't a lot in the middle time, of it right now big time yeah, right? exactly season, right yeah, yeah so uh a lot of times those experiences that culture is transactional based mm. and for me curating culture means curating uh experiential uh and mm. focus on the experiential on the fact that um you know, I was just writing about this uh, because I'm I'm applying for some for some grants, and so a lot of it is starting to come up. Uh, but the experiential for me is just a 
prioritization of the collaborator, so someone you're working with, the audience, and then just the general community experience mm -hmm. as our commodity mm. and our relationships as our currency. Mm. And so that's what I mean by curator of culture, someone that ex focuses on the on the experience, the experience with one another, the experience we might provide that, you know, at the end of the day, we we want to provide so that we can tap into a, a sustainable creative economy. But um, it, for me, that's what it, it's about, the relationships and the experience. And isn't it so true that when we focus on the relationships and experience and not the bottom line or the things that might not work or the things that that then everything else falls into place. Right. In such a yeah, beautiful way. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. It's like it's all it's it's a counter uh, intuitive in yep. in that in that very ironic way. You know, it's yeah. like it sometimes we're like, but the, our goals should be, you know, to make X amount of money a, mm -hmm. a year and mm -hmm. then we'll be happy. Mm -hmm. and it's like if we only led with the experience and relationships mm -hmm. in mind, you know, the 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 only inevitable outcome from that uh, is is uh, you know a, a sustainable living experience for yourself yep. because you you show up in a different way you're able to provide the uh, truly provide re solutions for needs in your community you yeah know? that no one else can right you're bringing yeah. your union it's it's so and you say it it's, you said it in such a beautiful way and it's but it's certainly one of my philosoph my philosophies I believe in deeply which is. Be, like living on your purpose and working on your purpose and um you know I mean we can loving what you do but really yeah. but really like being in your joy um right. that's that's what just things just abundance it creates abundance right and not always monetary abundance but um but those things all tend to fall into place um right. you've also talked you talked to me about harnessing your unfair advantage it was the yeah. first time i had heard that uh, term i want you to tell us about that <laughs> yeah so uh, a term unfair advantage is something that i heard um at google when i was working at google it, it was related to the fact it was part of a a startup incubator that they have at Google called Area 120. And you have to apply. It's very selective. It's like if if 2% of people that apply to Google get into Google is what the stat that I've heard, then 2% of people of that get into this program. And so I'm it's like, in the secret, it's in the secret hallway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's the one with all the, you know, you got to do the face scan and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, so, um but the I had heard about it was in the context of an onboarding for that program, uh, saying that because we come, we have the name of Google and we have the resources of Google and we have the um, the eyeballs captured because of mm -hmm. Google, then we have to use that as our unfair advantage. You mm. know, we have to take, we have to respect that, but then also capitalize on it, mm. Mm. right? And so for me, I said, okay, well. Outside of the context of Google, unfair advantage could be all the things that we've experienced that we've kind of gone through in life that um, from the outside perspective might look like obstacles, might look mm -hmm. like things we have to overcome. But in fact, 
our unfair advantage is that we have been through them, those things, those experiences. And now because of those and not despite those things, we are who we are and we can um, uh, bring something truly unique to, mm. to this world. I, what I really appreciated about it and then kind of on your website, you talk a bit more ab- ab- about it is um, that it's, you know, sometimes we hear this like, well, pick yourself up by your bootstraps and just if you work hard, it it softens that and act mm-hmm. and like humanizes that to me to say no, because it, it's unfair. Like, no, yeah. like a lot of things are unfair. Racism, sexism, homophobia, mm-hmm. our white supremacy, all those things are unfair. And yeah. they create experiences that we can sit in and yeah. and not know what to do with or can harness mm-hmm. in what you're saying as our unfair advantage to say, okay, but what did they develop in me that I can use to my advantage, even though experiencing it may have been unjust or unfair? What, yeah. how, what have you identified as your unfair advantage? My unfair advantage. Wow. That's, uh, you know, I always tend to talk about uh, other people's unfair mm. advantage because we try to discover that part uh, in them. Uh, but the part of the the unfair advantage that I've experienced is one is uh, I would say a first generation uh, first generation college student that was mm-hmm. one of the, the main ones um, not understanding uh, where I was heading uh, how to navigate the space that is uh, the university life mm-hmm. how do we um, uh, what are the rules here uh that are in play you know that's why i studied one of my uh that's why i studied sociology because mm, i love mm. that just the understanding of spaces and interactions and communities you know so yep um and then beyond that uh moving into the corporate world uh and especially in tech uh, a, a, a space that you know i don't see I, I there there are few of me to go around, right? Um, and so again, navigating the space that I was unfamiliar with, that um, you know, my family, my parents had had not navigated before, uh, and so the going into the unknown many times, you know, while from the outside seems scary, and and at times it is daunting. Uh, I think the unfair advantage comes into play where actually because I was unknown because they were, I was going into the unknown. I, the advantage was that I didn't know what I didn't know. And I, and the best part of, of what I didn't know was that I didn't know what to fear. Yeah. yeah. I, I wasn't aware that I couldn't do certain things or I couldn't be in a, I, I wasn't um, supposed to do, uh, uh xyz whatever that was mm-hmm. and so then i showed up differently than other people because i wasn't told the rules to begin with you <laughs> you're know? like i just showed up as me yeah. man i don't know yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah. you know and and in that way i think um i noticed inf- uh, a level of influence with my peers uh that wasn't apparent with other folks that had mm. just you know, had been given the rules, had understood the rules, because they were playing all the, they were playing under the same rules that everyone else was. And mm-hmm. I was 
kind of doing my thing. And more so the influence, not necessarily to my peers from 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 a perspective of those who who already know what the rules were, but to the folks that were more like me, who at mm. that point, you know, if you finally you see someone that's doing something um, that you can connect with, then, you know, that impact is even is is exponential because it's like, oh, OK, so, the, you know, maybe maybe I'll do what he's doing. He seems yeah. to be doing okay you know so yeah yeah so using that unfair advantage to even be to be a role model even if you're not meaning meaning to right yeah because yeah. i mean you you used the way the term like there's not there weren't so many of you there are few of you to go around with in tech <laughs> there are few but really the truth is that's because few of you are welcome in to that yeah. less than two percent right yeah, um and so i i will say that um you're talking about that unfair advantage being the idea that you didn't know what to fear. Mm-hmm. I can't help but imagine that comes from though having a really solid base of confidence within yourself and some level of um uh yeah, of just groundedness within yourself that the mm-hmm. world didn't seem totally scary because you were able yeah. to go into those spaces and so you yeah. talked about that, you know you talked about that with um, really being your parents and, mm-hmm. and talk a little bit about that. Cause I really enjoyed hearing that from you. Yeah. I, I understand that there's a, although my parents uh, were immigrants, um, they did a really good job of setting a foundation, both I feel like economically. Um, and of course, you know, they've, they've been married many years. And so also um, uh, emotionally, you know, both mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. Uh, able to both be present. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I think also, um, in, and then also in, in a very spiritual way too, because mm-hmm. we were raised uh, in a Catholic household. And so it was very much I understand. I have to acknowledge the privilege that I that I had. Although some folks might see that because my parents were immigrant, I was first gen. That maybe they might assume certain things. Uh, but they did a really great job uh, with with raising me, and so that did come with a certain level of of um, of. Uh, and my mom's philosophy was always, you know, figure it out. You can yeah. figure it out, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, and understanding that okay, well, if my parents could did what they did in a far more extreme circumstances than I started mm-hmm. with, then of course mm-hmm. I can figure it out. I can make this work. Um, and uh, and I think also in the moments that I wanted to expand a bit, um, they were supportive in the ways that I needed them to be. Yeah, uh, although there was some of that like. Um, I was learning through osmosis that, you know, for many years, of course, me learning from them, but also me sharing my experiences with them Mm -hmm. in a way that they could kind of understand, okay, well, this is actually what we've been, we've, we've been striving for all along, you know? Yeah. There's a, there's an inspiring spirit. And I mean, I appreciate we've had many episodes on privilege and um, in lots of different ways. And I think, even just to ignore, you know, within subcultures and, you know, privilege comes in so many different, mm-hmm. in different, so many different ways. Um, so just appreciate you uh, naming, naming that along with unfair advantage of having immigrant parents yeah. who had to figure it out, right. Um, yeah. Who had to figure it out. But, the, but, but this idea of 
giving, figuring it out is his own unfair advantage, right? Like, I don't know, I'm not doing this for you. Go figure it out, right? If mm-hmm. I told my seven-year-old right now that, she'd be like, I'm going to start what? saying it more though. Yeah, she'd <laughs> yeah. be like, what? Are you kidding me? Yeah. You're not going to help me with this? I don't want to put uh, my shoes on by my, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. So this idea of like, of yeah, that might, it might seem like totally unfair right now that I'm asking you to to tap into your independence and your autonomy, but in the, yeah, what that can bring to someone is really, really cool. And, 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 and what I was going to say is just the, and I found so many children, first gen children have this spark and drive, particularly those that have, you know, had this solid family that is so unique, you know, it's certainly different than a drive that I had. I, I didn't have that same, um, I want to make my parents proud, of course, but not in that same, not in the same way. And I just think, mm. um, it's super, um, and it's not only inspiring, but just, um, res- I don't know. I have a lot of, t- a heck of a lot of respect for it. Um, yeah. and, and that connection back that you can, I'm sure as you continue to be find success that your parents are living through you in that way and seeing their their kind of thread through that and then back and forth, which is just um, beautiful. When you're talking to other people, how do you talk, how do you encourage people to, to kind of try to identify their own unfair advantage? Um, That's a great question. Uh, I feel like it just comes through getting to know folks, Mm -hmm. you know, like just kind of sharing stories about um, something that maybe I've been through and that kind of opens them up. I feel like if you kind of share authentically, mm-hmm. you know, then, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll feel that. And mm-hmm. so people start to share and, and, you know, you know, some, some youth, um, you know, that I, even in my own family, you know, extended family, you know, didn't have two parents at home, didn't mm-hmm. have the, 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 the security, the financial security, knowing that, you know, I have a roof over my head. I, I'm, you know, I know, that there's food in the fridge, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But there have been just folks in my family, even, you know, you don't have to go too far out to know that, you know, those things didn't exist for others. And, <clears throat> and you know, that that made them even even more resourceful than, mm-hmm. than, than uh, you know, than I in, in many ways, um, in different ways, I would say. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, they've been able to, navigate other worlds and spaces that I've never even stepped into right Mm -hmm. and so that kind of I think respecting the fact that all experiences um, that we've been through uh, make us unique but also respecting the fact that they're all valid that there's Mm -hmm. no like you know your your experience makes you less than or more than uh, anyone else it's just the experience that you've had and what can you um, take from it what can you extract from it and um and then use that as fuel yeah which is even re- it feels so much more empowering to use it as fuel than mm-hmm. to use it as i don't know like toxicity right like we yeah. can get so stuck in um why why did we have to go through that or why did that person or why didn't my parents or what <laughs> you know mm-hmm. um i you know i think we've all may i certainly have spent time in that space of like why, 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 you know, with the angst yeah. of it and that doesn't feel good. Um, mm-hmm. and instead say, okay, how do I, how can I use this to fuel me? And it doesn't mean I'm condoning what happened or, you know, it has nothing to do with the other mm-hmm. person, It yeah. but it elevates me, um, 
and I think that's just such an important part. It's what what you're describing and the sharing of experiences is exactly how this podcast started, which was, mm-hmm. um, I, I just, I, uh, value relationship so much with other people. And, uh, you know, certainly I'm a social worker. It's the work that we do at community yeah. solutions. Um, but also what we were, we always were here. We, we certainly were hearing the stories of our clients and those that we support who were really struggling. And for me, it was okay, but who else, you know, like the people that are on our board, they're on yeah. our board for a reason. There's something that drew them here. Um, yeah. And they, many of them might be able to kind of stand behind white privilege and um, you know, they're, they're the board member, same with our donors and just others. Mm-hmm. And so that's where it started was like, why did you choose us? What, what about yeah. your own experience connected to us? And um, one of our board members who's in HR at Adobe, like super successful, had never shared at professionally or with us and did, he was my first guest, um, that he has a diagnosis of anxiety with OCD tendencies and right. that mental health was really important to him and prison ministry was really important. To, and just breaking those barriers to say, you know, we have to acknowledge we, our differences when it comes to access, resource, privilege. It's so important. Mm-hmm. And how can we connect in our humanity um, mm-hmm. and in our, in our, in our struggles? Cause we all have them. Yeah. Exactly. And, it's been, like, and, and just, it just reminds me of what you were saying around um, fueling those relationships because we're like, I don't know, 30, almost 40 episodes in, I've known nobody that I've interviewed before I interviewed them. Like it just kind of like just happened and spend yeah. people all over the country. And it's been so cool. Um, Cause it's been fo- so focused on relationships. So it was yeah, kind of cool exactly. moment. Yeah. One of the things that you mentioned before, uh, that that reminded me was there was like an aha moment I had of like a lot of times you know you talked about like the you know maybe instead of holding on you know like the mm. the despite mm-hmm. part like the I found like it came to me it was like it's like moving from despite of to because of mm. and that was a powerful way to reframe mm-hmm. uh, reframe that stance so because that makes I always feel like, um, you know, like uh, the hater flu, you know, the hater fuel. Yeah. Like it, it, it burns dirty and it burns quick. Yeah. I mean, it's great. It works to like get things going, you know, the chip on the shoulder, the, the, you know, I'm not supposed to be here or I've been through all these things, you know, like that works and people have been successful doing that. But then I feel like when you get to that point of like realization of like, wait, what am I really, what am I doing or what's fueling me now? Or why, what's my purpose? Mm -hmm. Then you start to have to really tap into like the sustainable, uh, you know, like uh, fuel of like, uh, you know, of like the, the purpose, the vocation, Mm -hmm. the, 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 how do I add value to this world? How do I leave a impactful legacy? Like the things that, are beyond us because so much of the the despite is focused on on me 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 and then yep. like because it allows you to focus on on outside of us ourselves. I remember you saying yeah and as you were talking also the the despite or the um the hater fuel yeah it yeah. gives so much power to the other person or system mm-hmm. yeah um that's who that you know you're it's like it's fueling it, you're getting the toxicity of it, but it's yeah. putting, you're giving all the power to, to that. And, and I think 
it, it's just a whole nother great conversation of that you can go, you can take, harness your unfair advantage and, and shift and turn to that because of, mm-hmm. and still want to make a p- positive impact. So others d- maybe don't have to have the same unfair advantage as you. So it doesn't mean, and this is like that you're, we're condoning, you're condoning um, the unfair advantage of being a Chicano young male trying to get into Silicon Valley. And yeah. um, it doesn't, that's, is that, you know, is that, is it fair? No, I mean, no, it should be much yeah. more diverse. Um, so, so, but using that as a, because doesn't mean that you think it's okay. Yeah. It just means for I like, it's about me, but for me, I'm yeah. taking that because, and I'm running with it and, yeah. um, and I'm going to do it so well and so yeah. beautifully and so passionately that it's gonna have a much larger impact on yeah. others like me than mm-hmm. if I just stayed in that mode of um focusing on the wrong doing or that yeah mm-hmm. yeah which is so exhausting yeah it is it ends up being tiring for sure yeah yeah so you talk we, we just getting kind of back to this community piece you you talked through about being interdependent, having this like interdependence mm-hmm. with your community. What does that mean? Well, I would say interdependence for me means like the the sort of like the the understanding and the sitting with the understanding that like together we can scale. Well, one is we need each other. But yeah. that together we can scale our impact far beyond what we're capable of doing alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always talk about, um, you know, the myth of, uh, you know, the myth of self-made. You know, the, the so being good, yeah. someone being self-made is 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 such a myth because, like, just even well, one just even being alive. You know, we all have belly buttons for a reason, right? <laughs> Right. <laughs> I always talk about that. I always like that's a good, no, yeah. you know this belly button is like, you know, that's like a like that's a it, it, it's everyone has a belly button. Right. You know? Dude, you made that yourself, yeah, not think, exactly. don't think so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. just even starting at the basic level, you kind of remind yourself of like, yo, like and even even if you came from all the if if you had all the privilege in the world, you still had to do there still had to be some collaborative effort to have yeah. made to have put you in those places and I feel like a lot of times folks that use that like of self-made are folks with that chip on their shoulder mm. because they don't mm. they don't want to if they feel like if they give credit for a second to somebody else they might get questioned you mm. know as to their validity as to how they got there or why yeah. they got there and they don't want to have to come to the realization that actually every you know it's so much bigger than ourselves and mm-hmm. our individual you know, decisions right so i think that's what it means it's just like a being comfortable with the fact that like we can't do it alone mm-hmm. and there's no such yeah it's just not it's not possible and if i can't do it alone it means you can't do it alone and so this yeah. inter this interplay with one another and as you were just describing like this idea of being um, almost being coming from self-made from a, I guess sometimes it could be ego. Sometimes it could just be a sense of insecurity around. Yeah. I, I I want to know that I, that I belong here and that I'm valued. Um, but to, to just focus on self, how lonely is that? Yeah. Um, and completely exactly. disconnects from connection and culture and um, the things that, that 
brought you to a place. Um, and, you know, part of co- this connection piece that's so important to me, well, it's important in lots of different ways, but just as we're learning more about our brains and just the way our brains work and when we experience stress or trauma or we're focused on the wrong doing, um, part of why it works and it feels good is because we've got cortisol, we've got all these things running through our body that are going, woo, mm-hmm. woo, 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 yeah, you know, yeah. I'm on it. I, um, and, and in order to really feel good and grounded though, we got it. That all has to like totally chill out. And what we know now is that connection to other human beings is one of the things that helps that chill out. And so mm-hmm. being inter allowing ourselves safe interdependence within a community that is, you know, fits vibes with us and feels safe okay. actually helps us to heal from trauma and stress, even if we're not sitting in like a therapy group, just, yeah. you know, being part of a festival in town um, and, and just the power of that. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, 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 I think you touched on, uh, on, on something that I guess is, is more implicit is that for interdependence to thrive, that kind of comes hand in hand with trust, mm-hmm. you know, and you kind of have to trust that other folks are actually, you know, uh, are going to look out for you, mm-hmm. uh, that you, that if we have the collective interest in mind, then inherently we are taken care of. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, if we choose the route of, of, of focus on self, then, you know, inherently that comes with competition and yeah. in competition, there's scarcity, there's, mm-hmm. um, there's loss and, you know, in a race there, in a race and a competition, there's always a winner and a loser, right? And, right. you know, right. And so for me, it's not about, you know, who's winning and losing. It's, you know, how are, you know, how are we in the, how are we doing together? You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, how we, yeah. How are we doing all this together? You how are we doing all this together? And it, um, I feel like we could talk all day. I'm gonna, but I, the, I'm getting. It also makes me think, like, as much as it's about me and making that choice to move over to because of and to reach out for connection, it's it's also those of us that are part of community. How are we creating safe spaces that seem safe and welcoming and, um, and not some that people need to fear right um that's part of that interdependence too is yeah i'm you know okay i'll be willing to put a foot out but also those of us that are creating these spaces um or creating barriers to these spaces how do we take responsibility no yeah that's true yeah okay so last question i ask all the guests on the podcast um is uh what is resilience how would you define it to me, resilience means our capacity to get up when we fall. Hmm. And I think the beautiful thing about resilience is that it builds upon itself like math, you know, like you start off with the basic elements and then, you know, over time you're building on that foundation. And so as as kind of, I guess, if if you think about the origin, it you know, you could you know in the same well realm of like in uh in in spite of and because of mm. the origin of needing to get up is because you fell yeah you know? and but the beautiful thing about it is that the m- more you fall the stronger you are and the and the faster you are at getting up 
Uh, and so I think it builds upon itself. So it's actually in, in, in a in a in a in a really ironic and kind of uh, dark and beautiful way. You know, the more we fall, the stronger we are, and then and and thus, you know, that makes us more resilient. So you can't have resilience without the other side. It's like the yin and the yang, right? You just can't. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you beautiful. can't get up if you're not falling. You know, it's beautiful. So. And when you, and you talking about, you know, th- that there's that, um, there's that foundation to even know how to get up right up. And mm-hmm. I think we talked a lot about that, that yeah. today and certainly um, community uh, culture uh, being there for one another is part of what, or what creates that. Um, so I really appreciate again, you being here and just really inspired by this conversation. Thank you. I, I really appreciate it too. Melissa. thanks for having me. And I mean, I look forward to kind of uh, seeing, seeing how we can get this story out. And, and of course, Let's you, do know, it. you know, keeping an eye on, uh, on community solutions work here in Gilroy too. So that'll be yeah, fun. We'll, we'll, we'll have coffee. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, tell people where they can find you. Yes, yeah, so you can find me. Um, uh, my my artist name is Mr. Fuchila. Uh, you can find me at mrfuchila.com. Uh, my Instagram is at mr.fuchila. And um, basically, if you go to those two places, you can kind of go down the rabbit hole and find me and all the other uh, places that um, I guess uh, that are available online. Yeah, so. find some, get some of those cool car fresheners. They make really <laughs> good stocking stuffers. They're really cool. Yeah, I know I'm gonna. All right. Well, thanks again, and I will uh, be in touch and appreciate your time. All right. Thank you. Take care. Pathways to Resilience is brought to you by Community Solutions, a nonprofit organization in Santa Clara County, California. To learn more about our services and our CS Learning Training Institute, visit us at www.communitysolutions.org. Thanks for listening. And if you liked us, please feel free to subscribe or give us a review. We'd really appreciate it. You're not